0: Welcome to the latest edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. He is Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow. Glad to have you aboard as we'll be with you for the next 60 minutes. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. You could also interact with us on Twitter. Hashtag Giants Chat. As always, it is presented by Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill.
1: Wait, did you get that right?
0: I did get that right. I guarantee you I got that right. That's how confident I feel about it.
1: Yes, it is made to check. There you
0: go. Yeah. You're checking on me, making sure the sponsors are happy. That's right. I have many different ways now that I have that in oh, case the well, okay. paper is okay. not in front of me. See, yeah. I'm well prepared. At last second, oh, right, so we don't need Oh no,
1: Datino needs these. Though.
0: He may need it, so he all right. needs all the help he can get. Obviously, well, we know that. <laughs> We're just well documented. That's for sure. Yes, indeed. So What's how are up, things Lance? going with you, Jeff? Good. I'm Good. doing all right.
1: Good Friday. Absolutely. Um. Lots of stuff working, CBA, guys, you know, getting ready to sign yeah. that sucker. I think that – I hope it goes through. I really do. I really don't think that – I don't want to get on it, but I, I really don't think that the, the younger guys care if they play a 17th game. They're going to get one 17th more of their money. So That's a good thing, right? It's all about money.
0: And increases across the board for player for minimums. Everything, yeah. yeah.
1: So it's, it's good. And for the retired guys, I will tell you this, the, reading through some of the things yesterday that I noticed – Typically, when there's an extension of the CBA, the retired players get some benefits out of it. You know, they'll, they'll get a little bit more of their retirement. But it, but that's it for 10 years. This CBA, there's going to be five years into the deal, the, and the retired players will get a bump again. That's oh, wow. Huge. Okay. So that it's is, like
0: staggered throughout the deal. That's correct. That's never been done before. Interesting.
1: So that is really, really good for, you know, either even the younger guys that retire maybe in a year from now. You know, going forward, the numbers will get higher. And for guys that have been retired now for 10 years, like me, and actually, by the way, my birthday is tomorrow.
0: Well, happy so, birthday. Just
1: telling everybody that,
0: you know. It's important to make that
1: I have one. I have one known. year before the old that I was, I, and I always remember growing up the 55 and older, like you get the communities. <laughs> oh, that thought, you'll be
0: eligible to enter that community. I was
1: like, man, those people are old. Well, I'm well, there. Welcome I am aboard. Now, Yeah, I am near almost ready to be able to go to a fifty-five and older community. Are you kidding me? I just, like this. Like, is it going to be cocoon? Remember the word <laughs> of the, the movie Cocoon. You're
0: going closer to the senior <laughs> citizen discount, Jeff. That's <laughs> essentially what you're alluding to. Yes. Wow.
1: So, anyways, but it's only a number, Lance. It's only a number. It is indeed. But uh, so, yeah, a lot of lot to talk about. I mean, we don't have to talk about that, but a lot of stuff going on. Uh, free agency's on. You know, close by. We've talked about the draft and. And, uh, you know, once we get on the draft, I want to talk to you about something. I want to have your opinion on something. So we'll get into that. Well,
0: before we get to the draft, I want to get to free agency. Just a real quick side note. We did talk about the CBA briefly on yesterday's program. Oh, did you? Well, yesterday was the first day that they said to the players, you're eligible to vote now. Yeah. So they're going to give them a week, March 12th. There should be a definitive decision as to whether or not the CBA is going to be ratified. Now, on the free agency front, Yesterday, we shared some news in terms of an offensive lineman trade. The mm-hmm. Panthers made a deal with the Chargers, swapping two Pro Bowl offensive linemen. The Eagles announced that they are going to let Jason Peters, their left tackle, explore free agency. And after we got off the airwaves late yesterday, the Redskins then announced yeah, that Trent Williams, <clears throat> they have given him permission to pursue a trade. Now, that's different because Williams is still under contract. Well, so it's was not like Jason two. Peters. <laughs> yeah, And... He worked out his issues. He's now had dialogue with Ron Rivera because the coaching staff has changed. But now the question becomes, can Trent Williams and his reps work out a deal before the start of the season as opposed to having that linger? But right now it looks like, Jeff, which is very interesting, when you think of this division, you think of Tyron Smith of the Cowboys, Trent Williams of the Redskins, and Jason Peters of the Eagles, there has been stability at the left tackle position sure. for at least three of the four teams. Yeah. And one there hasn't, <laughs> well, I think that's stating the obvious there. So now the Redskins and the Eagles could very well be moving on from their two established anchors at the left tackle position. And you know, that's going to create questions for both of those teams. As they try to find answers, the Eagles have Andre Dillard who they drafted last year in the first round. The Redskins brought in Donald Penn, the veteran last mm-hmm. year to fill the void. But I don't know whether or not he's going to be in their long-term plan. So this now creates some question marks at the left tackle position for you know at least half of the division at this point.
1: Well, I don't think that the Redskins will be drafting a tackle in the first their first pick. Yeah. But as we know that this draft is it's got a lot of tackle a lot of lineman in it. So maybe this is something that they're thinking they can go get a, somebody youthful. I mean, he's a pretty good player, Williams, um, and he's going to command a lot of money. Uh, wait, and he does, many does years want do a new contract. He he's definitely been. In uh, the, been in the league for some 12 time. Twelve years, maybe.
0: I don't so, know if it's been that long, but he certainly has been an established presence for the Washington. And Redskins. he's been very good. Williams and was a first-round pick in
1: 2010. So ten years, yeah. So he's seven-time Pro bowl. He's still got some football in him. Um, but you know how much is he going to ask for? And then, of course, you know Jason Peters. Um, he's basically been <laughs> amazing his career, and, and lately. The injury bug has kind of gotten yeah. a little bit. So those are kind of the things. And not only at that position, you got to look at all free agency um, when you talk about injuries and how these guys are, you know. And I know that I'm reading on Twitter today about Clowney. I'm not a big Clowney fan because I feel like he's going to, number one, he's going to want a lot of money. And number two, I'm worried about him as far as getting that money and having that kind of that attitude. I, I hate to say it, but maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, those guys get all that big money and sometimes they shut it down a little bit, you know. Um, and also, he's, he's also injury-prone. So
0: He has had some injuries over the course of his career. Yeah, yeah.
1: and I, I feel like, to me, I, I, do you want to get a somewhat of a big splash in free agency? But to me, I think the better... This team, in my opinion, I would rather stick with the middle-tier free agents to build your team with some depth rather than throwing all this money at one or two players. That's just my... I, I want them to throw some money somewhere. It's one of them. It depends. And I, and by the way, this is why free agency is first. You can talk about that. If it's Jack Conklin, then that's going to tell you a little bit of what they're thinking about in the draft, right? Um, if it's not Jack Conklin, maybe it's a center, free agent center. But to me, I said this last last week, or the other last show I was on with uh, Paul. I am, I'm a big, I know that Isaiah Simmons is a stud. I know he is a beast. But I want an offensive lineman. I want to improve this offense. I want to improve the, it's protection for Daniel Jones, and I want this line to block and have Saquon Barkley be able to run behind this guys and produce some production and do some production on offensively. That's what I want. Whether I'm going to get it, I don't know. But you know, talking about the offensive line, oh yeah, that's where I think it's. Well, I, mean, I think they would love to That to go.
0: me is a logical game plan, Jeff. In and the terms two guys we, line. and
1: the two guys that we've seen at the combine. Um, with Becton and uh Wirth, these you're not gonna go wrong with any of those guys, you know, in my opinion. So but it's gonna d- dictate on what happens in free agency. Maybe the big splash is at, at an offensive lineman position.
0: It could very well be. You mentioned Conklin. Mm. He's gonna get a lot of interest. His name has been thrown around, and we'll see whether or not a guy like Trent Williams gets traded too. Well, let me because ask you this. that all of a sudden is gonna change the market and dictate the market.
1: What on defensively, you know, you got Byron Jones is a guy that everybody's enamored about. You know, are you one of those guys? You know, you follow the Cowboys pretty good being in this division. What do you think about him?
0: Well, I like Jones' versatility. I like the fact, Jeff, that he can play corner and safety, and he's had plenty of starting experience in both. I think that in a pinch, you know how the injury bug works. If you can move a guy over to another position who already has experience there as opposed to signing a guy off the street, that to me holds value in itself. So I think that – he is going to demand a lot of money on the market because I think there's a number of teams that are going to be vying for his services. And if you have a hole at corner slash safety, I think he's certainly worth going after. Because remember, he's young. You know, we're still talking about a guy coming off his rookie contract. It's yeah. not as if he's been in the league for yeah. you know, near a decade. So there's still a great deal of upside. For the most part, he's been durable. And like I said, he could play both positions. So I would definitely pursue him if I'm a team that needs a corner. Now, as far as the Giants are concerned, could the Giants use a veteran quarter? Yes. Do I think it's a major need? No, because I think at the end of the day, I do think the Giants coaching staff probably is going to say, the only way to boost up the morale and experience of the current roster is we got to play these guys. Mm -hmm. You know, if you bring Mm -hmm. in veteran after veteran and you take away snaps from DeAndre Baker, Corey Ballantyne... How are these guys getting better, Jeff? Yeah. So that's, I think, the fine line that the Giants need to walk. I do think there's room for an established veteran because Janoris Jenkins was the guy and he's no longer here. But I also think it's important if you invested draft picks, high draft picks in some of these players, you now want to see them take a leap forward you do. in year two. And in order for them to do that, they have to play.
1: Yeah. And I think the coaching staff is going to have a big say, the new coaching staff, oh, yeah. in a lot of this. You know, these are not guys that. We're drafted by the current coaches, and although D. Gettleman is here, he drafted these guys, But um, I and I've said this in the past, I, I like the cornerback position in the draft. I think that, this, that you can find one in the draft. It um, doesn't have to be your first-round draft pick, but I think there's some value there um, because you can never have enough corners. Um, you're going to continue to evaluate the guys that are there, and maybe one of these guys moves into the starting slot position that you – Thought that wasn't good on the outside, or or something like that. Now the Byron Jones one's going to cost you some money. Now they do, they are going to. I'm anticipating, in my opinion, that you know Antoine, but they not going to be back, right? I mean, I just what you never know. I mean, he's going to. There's, there's that's that's kind of one of those things you talk about. He's an older player, um, salary cap, trying to save some money. If that's the case, there would be a void at that safety position, and so a Byron Jones guy could play both. Maybe that could be something for him. Rather than the cornerback position, but I don't know. It's very interesting to see. I just don't want the Giants to go out and spend all their 60 million dollars on one one player, and I don't see them doing player. that. I don't think they will. Um, I would rather them build this team and some free agency from depth, some guys that can play some some positions and give them that type. Of, you know, maybe not starters, um, but guys that are going to be able to help build the depth on this football team.
0: Well, I think you go back to 2016. I think after that experience, I'd be surprised to see that duplicated, Jeff. Well, so yeah. I don't see them doing that again where they're going to go heavy on one or two guys that are going to eat up a lot of cap space. So once again, that to me would be... Somewhat surprising. Now, just for clarification's sake, Antoine Bethea is under contract yeah. for 2020. But to your point, you never know what's going to happen. We've seen Alec yeah. Ogletree and Kareem Martin. There's constant transactions and movements.
1: Exactly, and and, and this is it's, if if this was if he was on another team, I would be talking about the same thing. You're talking about a, a, you know older veterans, guys making not a whole ton of money. But listen, these are things. And by the way this CBA has a lot to do with a lot of this free agency or a lot of these cuts and stuff as far as putting future money yeah, away. Yeah, and that's so, why
0: probably some teams are waiting to see what happens with the absolutely. language.
1: So as soon as this, you watch, I would imagine as soon as this language comes in and the whole CBA, if it does get extended, and now the transition tag, well, they got to know that before, right? Because.
0: Well, interestingly, what was announced yesterday 12th. is the fact that if this new CBA gets ratified on the 12th, if you give out a second tag, you'd have to rescind it, and then it would go to the new rule. So I would say, Jeff, highly unlikely we're going to see any team give out a second tag
1: because they have to rescind it.
0: Correct. So what's the purpose okay. to have a seven-day holding period yeah, with a player? It, okay, it's not going right. to accomplish anything. The
1: big thing will be future money, June one, you know, be those kinds of things that, that come into effect. Because right now you can't hide any money. not not so much hide it, but, you know, push it off.
0: Well, I think the good news is March 12th would be the end of the vote, Mm -hmm. and they would have a definitive answer as to whether or not the players approve it, and then the league year starts on the 18th. So you're going to have nearly a week if you're an executive to determine, okay, this is the new CBA, this is how we have to operate. You can get your house in order well before the start of the new league year. Because I think the concern was what happens if the CBA goes right up against the start of the new league year? That, I think, would have been tougher. The league would have had to have discussions. Hey, maybe we operate under the old CBA for just this season, and then we move forward in 2021.
1: And then if they have that week, that's when they're going to be able to reevaluate the money situation with some of these veterans making money. Of course. And, things like yeah. that.
0: and so. you may see, to your point, more cuts yeah. in those six days yeah. because now teams are going to be like, okay, now we know how we're operating. We yeah. can get rid of this player. This is the amount of dead money and yeah. so forth.
1: Yeah, and the designation, the June one cut yeah so and that's just the way it is so very interesting a lot of stuff going on lots of stuff going on for the giants and i know i'm uh, speaking with a lot of the coaches um they are getting ready for for the draft and you know they're going out and checking out all these the pro days are starting to come up so they're going to be visiting schools and they're going to be looking at people interviews i think i think the number is 30 that they can bring in to the to the building as far as uh you know the draft guys and come in and interview them and talk to them personally so you know once in a while we'll be sitting in i remember last year or two years ago uh donald was in the in the lunch room having having lunch with well at that yeah. time was pat Shermer and dave gettleman yeah um so you'll see a lot of these guys come through here you'll be like hmm, that guy looks familiar, looks familiar.
0: yeah <laughs> i think i've seen him on tv or in a college i think i've seen him run a
1: 439 yeah. hint <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you had a draft question you had mentioned before we open up the phone line. No,
1: it was basically the free agent question. Oh, it was when a free I, agent yeah, question. Yeah, okay. I, 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 know. Like I said, I wanted, I, I would like to see this team build the second tier of free agency rather than the first tier. You know, there's that first, that first wave of free agency is that's where all the money is spent. Yeah. Um, I feel like you get better value and depth at the second tier of free agents. Because I just feel like the, the first set of free agents is just, just spend so much money and never know how those guys are gonna turn out. And some of them turn out good. A second tier free agent to me, I'll give you an example, would be like Michael Thomas. Okay, a guy that wasn't gonna get all the money in the bank, but look what he does for your team, right? And he comes in here, um, he has to play some safety the year before, or the year of, not, you know, he's a safety by trade, but he's a special teams guy. Well, you get some injuries at that position, and what does he do? He steps in and does has an amazing year. That's what I'm talking about. Find those types of free agents to come into your team. The glue guys on the team. The glue team. guys. That's a great term. Those those are what I I need some glue. Elmer's, whatever you want to call <laughs> Elmer's it. Elmers is fine. You know, gorilla. Yeah. Gorilla, gorilla group, is another one. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so any of those that actually will put things together and stick and go, I'm in. Put me down.
0: Well, and this was something I brought up yesterday, Jeff, which is in relation to what you were just talking about, the wave of free agency. The list you have in front of right you, here.
1: if you notice... For those not watching, I have a list in front of me. A lot
0: of those players who are at the top tier of their respective positions could wind up receiving the franchise tag anyway. Well, you so know, yeah, I mean, you're going to eliminate... Right here. Forget well, this guy here, I but. mean, Clowney, we don't know what's going to happen. He'll likely hit free agent. Barrett's expected to be tagged. Then the next guy, Yannick Ngakwe, is expected to be tagged. So those are yeah, those two are of your... the top three right there. They may not even hit free agency. Then this guy go,
1: here, I don't know. I mean,
0: Littleton, I think, is going to hit free agency. Yeah. Yeah. And Highly unlikely the Rams are going to be able to We were talking about
1: him the other day as a guy that could be someday on, on the Giants' radar from a linebacking position. Yeah. That could be a really good one.
0: Chris Jones is going to mm-hmm. be tagged. By yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah. So there's another name that this you want to see. This
1: guy would not be a bad player to bring in here. Joe
0: Schorber to the Browns? Yeah. Linebacker? I mean, got, yeah. And, and it looks little, like Cleveland's going to let him test the market.
1: That's what I was reading. And, you know, yeah. Freddie Kitchens has got a little uh, history with him being, a, being in Cleveland. Connected dots. So, um, yeah, but Chris Jones is going to be tagged. Um, and Leonard Williams, maybe. Leonard Williams Giants, could be
0: tagged. And then here's another guy, Bud Dupree, is expected to be tagged by the Steelers after right. a breakout season. Yeah. So right there, that's three of perhaps the top five or six pass rushers. They may not even hit the market. So that yeah. changes how you label the waves of free agency in terms of now all of a sudden level B could moves up to level A and yeah. gets level A money as a result.
1: That And I was just going to say, that's where that's where if you're a B player and you move up to the A slot, you just, you're going to make some more money. Which is all what it's all yeah, about. You got no complaints
0: guys. if you fit into that criteria. Yeah. He'll gladly take that.
1: And listen, you know, we saw it a few years ago and, it's, and certainly last year with the guaranteed money. That's the big buzzword. You know, what could I get in guarantees? Because that's what it's all about. Uh, for those that don't know, you know, NFL contracts are not guaranteed. Um, the only thing really you get guaranteed is your signing bonus money. And, you know, now that you started to see in the last two years, there's been guaranteed contracts. And, you that is a big thing for the player. Imagine that. I mean, if you can sign for ninety million and get your ninety million, usually you sign for ninety million, you might get thirty-five of it or forty, and then you may not make the other fifty. You know, it's just the way it is. I mean, they backload contracts tremendously. Yeah, they do that for a reason. They yeah. do it for a reason, so they can they can get get rid of you.
0: Well, and we were discussing this yesterday, the Jimmy Garoppolo contract, because there's some speculation with Tom Brady and who knows yeah. how much to put in. Behind that, but Garoppolo, if you look back at his contract, the five-year, one hundred thirty-seven million dollar deal, it was front-loaded. Jeff, all the guaranteed money was up front, and that's why it's not crazy to think if they did want to move on from him, they wouldn't get hit with a lot of dead money because there's not as much guarantee on the back side of the contract. To your point,
1: and if they trade him, he's tradable because of that contract.
0: Exactly, it's know? manageable for a team to absorb his contract if indeed they have yeah. the necessary cap yeah. space.
1: They may end up just having to having to cut him. You know, like you said, and have to not to deal with the dead money because nobody may want to do. It. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting about that situation. <laughs> I think Bill Belichick is in the catbird seat. He's just basically saying, you know what, I'm just going to see what happens. You know, Tom Brady, what do you want to do? And knowing, to, even knowing he is Tom Brady, and knowing he is Bill Belichick, he may just very well come to Bill to Tom Brady and say, you want to play for twenty million, then come play for us. If not, we're going to find somebody else. And then he'll see what he does.
0: Yeah, that's going to be the first domino, and then everything else will fall into place yeah. once he ultimately makes a decision. The quarterbacks, this is a unique offseason, Jeff, because you got so many big name quarterbacks yeah. that could potentially be available. We'll have to see whether or not any of them are tagged. And normally you think you better find a quarterback through the draft, or maybe you trade for one. Very unlikely that you're able to
1: you have two fill a void of just two of these.
0: Yeah in terms of just plucking into free agency and saying, oh, you know, maybe we got a bridge guy for the next two to three years that'll get us by yeah. as we search a, a Philip for the Rivers, next coming.
1: A Drew Brees, a Tom Brady. Are you kidding me? I mean, that,
0: those three <laughs> names alone.
1: Because remember, we talked about last year with Cousins. Cousins was a guy that, you know, everybody was saying, you know, very rarely do you get a guy like Kirk Cousins that comes into free agency. Well, that's the truth. And look what he got. He got all that guaranteed money. Yeah. played pretty well this year year before that not so good but well, the if, offense
0: overall struggled the previous year but then year, if yeah. you
1: look at those players that are on that list now for free agents you you're sitting there going wow i mean it was a lot to get curse cousins on the list a few years ago But you have these guys to pick from now you know do you think in breeze is going to go back right i mean he's got a go Yeah back. i don't see him going um, anywhere else and then the big one is Tom Brady but listen tom brady is a, is a bridge gap that's a definitely a gap because he imagine if he goes to LA I mean, immediately. And my, I was talking to my wife about this. Is that Tom Brady is a a worldwide figure as far as football, right? He's probably one of the biggest names in football. If you go to, if you were to go to the Raiders and out in Las Vegas, Las Vegas has a lot of worldwide people that visit that that state and go to gambling and things like that. They would love to go see. Ah, Tom Brady is going is going to be in the silver and black. Let's go watch him. So there's a lot of marketing that could go. The
0: marketability that. if Brady were to go to a market such oh as Las goodness. Vegas or yeah. LA, the LA? Chargers, sure. then and they're opening a new stadium by the way, just like the Raiders. The NFL, I'm sure, is not going to complain about that.
1: No question. And by the way, all that marketing with number twelve and oh, the, the Chargers, jersey sales, and, you know, everything yeah. goes there. So that would be huge, huge a, for the a, NFL. A big, big thing to look at. And um, you know, it's not like. You know, Tom Brady needs money, um, but he's, he wants to – and you know what? There may be a, a, something in him that says, you know, I've been in one place for this many years. I want a little bit of a change, and I can't blame him for that because, you know, sometimes things just get stale. They really do. Going to work the same place every single day. as I'm, I'm well. Listen, if you're making that much money. You are all probably saying, "Oh well, who cares, Jeff?" <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, it be as stale as you, stale yeah, as you yeah, want. I know exactly. <laughs> but you know what? I, you know what I'm getting at. I think that you know he may want to just kind of move on. And, if, and, and and the last place he wants to go is somewhere where it's going to be cold again. You know, so go out west. Go to Vegas, well, and he's a to-
0: California native, so yeah. you know maybe that's appealing to him to head back to the West Coast, be closer to family. I don't know. You know, every player is different yeah. in terms of their priorities, and he spent so much time on the East Coast, so I don't know if now two to three years at the end of his career is really going to make a difference in the big end, but well, hey, hey you know, a lot something of times to certainly take into consideration.
1: A lot of times, your families. Lot of times yeah. your families, you know, your kids. You, know, you, you present it to the kids that, hey, this is going to be a great you know, portion of your life. We're going to go out here for a couple years and you know, go out west and be cool and hang with the people in L.A. You know, whatever.
0: If that's your cup of tea, then then that's his cup of tea. All right, let's open up the phone lines at 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat. Scott is in New Mexico. He gets us going on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Scott? Scotty, Uh,
2: Hi, guys. How are you doing today?
0: Doing all right, Scott. What's on your mind? Uh,
2: I have a concern in regards to the Giants. Uh, Everyone's making the assumption that potentially uh, Isaiah uh, Williams will fall to the Giants. at. Isaiah Simmons, you
0: mean, right? Cements. Yes. Simmons,
2: yeah. I'm sorry. We'll forward to the Giants on uh, with the fourth pick. And Matt Patricia is a very good coach and a defensive minded. He's going to look at him and what he did at the combine. And who's to say he's not going to pick? It's uh, a possibility. Yeah. Uh, of course. And, and then the Giants again will be open on the fourth pick because I'm not assured he's going to even reach the Giants. If that happens, I know the way, Jeff, you're leading, you want an offensive tackle, but I still think, and Dave Gettleman. Made this issue uh, appropriate. He said that you win championships through defense. And uh, that leaves Okuda and potentially Derek Brown from Auburn as possibilities because I'm a big proponent of, of Brown. I think he's really sort of a sleeper. He reminds me a little bit of Ed Oliver last year, uh, can play defensive end as well. And with the linebacking core that the Giants have, which I'm concerned about, you no longer have Ogletree. You no longer really have Mayo to cover. He's a good. A tackler, but I don't know if he can cover people out of the backfield. Uh, I don't know what Lorenzo Carter is yet. Is he an edge rusher? Can he play an outside linebacker position? I'm really worried about the linebacking crew and what they've assembled, and obviously with Ryan Connolly coming off the injury, that injury, the one he had, could take as much as two years to, to really work himself back into favor. So is that the real weakness of the Giants right now, that their linebacker. Core is really not a linebacking core at all. Well, and what what transpires if they don't have the ability to get to Isaiah on the fourth pick? Because, again, I'm not sure he's even going to be there. Where do you think the direction then would go? Right. And I'm just curious no, what you guys think. Hold on,
1: Scott. I want to ask you a question. So, sure. Um, if I was to ask you the weakness of the Giants and you had to pick a player offensive defensively and you had your choice at the number four pick, right, um, you know what? At your point right now, what needs more work—the defense I, or I the thi- offense? Line. I
2: think. The de- well, based on where the Giants finished last year, which is 30th on defense, there I you think go. it's defense.
1: Yep. I, and listen, that's and I've and you, you heard I, I, me the other day. Right. I am totally with like, and I told you this: if they were to get Simmons, if they were, if he was to drop, even if he wasn't to drop, do you get a Cuda? You know, do, right. do you go with that defensive mentality? I think. It all depends on the philosophy upstairs and how they're grading these players.
2: Really well, that's does. why I brought up Derek Brown because, okay. again, he can do a number of different things on that defensive line. And uh, I'm concerned that that's really where the strength has to be. Uh, but I'm really worried about the linebacking core. Huh? So I, I know there's be. a couple of o- other uh, linebackers, but they don't probably want a fourth pick. I think Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen are, are both excellent prospects, but I don't think you'll take them at four. So based on what I'm, my observation, where do you think the Giants pick would be, again, if they pick at four and Simmons is not there?
0: Well, I think it go in a variety of different directions. I yeah. think Derek Brown is certainly a possibility, though I think it depends on what happens with Leonard Williams in free agency, because right. Derek Brown is also an interior guy and yeah. his sack numbers are not humongous. That doesn't mean he can't get to the quarterback at the NFL level. But I guess if you're the Giants, you have to ask yourself, are we now duplicating what we already have with right. BJ Hill, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, mm-hmm. this Derek Brown? Massively help us, or is he just another interior defensive lineman that will rotate? I think, you know, they need an edge guy, especially if Marcus Golden leaves. They need a guy that you put on the edge and you say, hey, get home. So I think you have to have that conversation. To Jeff's point, the offensive line I still think is in play. Uh, Makai Becton, you bring him in, you certainly can put him in day one, and he could be a right tackle or a left tackle, depending on what they want to do. So that's an option. And Okuda, who certainly is being ranted and raved about out of the combine, as well as what he did at Ohio State, would be another young corner. But once again, you can never have enough of those cover guys, especially if they feel he would be the perfect complement to a Baker and a Sam Beal. So I think all three of those are viable options. And real
1: real quickly, um, Scott, I, I feel like, you know, when you look at the defensive side of the football, okay, to, to Lance's point, you could go with the cornerback, right? Um, right. But I figure, like you know, offensively, you look at what we talked about at the beginning of the show—the guys at Jason Peters, okay, the, the Williams, the 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 uh, the guy from Dallas, um, Tyron Smith. These guys are your stapled left tackles for years upon years, right? No, absolutely. And I so, agree. so my that, that's why I'm going where I am with the uh, with the offensive no, line. And I- and I get it. Yeah. So um,
2: my question, uh, my last question, I'll take it off the air, guys. Is um, if Trent Williams is a trade, as I understand it, what kind of value if the Giants were to pursue him would they have to um, meet out? Uh, in other words, would it be a player, say, like a, a Tomlinson? A one-up type of trade, or or how do you think um, it might look if the Giants were really going to pursue somebody like that? Well, you'll take your answer. You look at, for example, sure, thanks,
0: and appreciate the phone call, Scott. You look at the trade that was made a few days ago, which is not going to be official one, right? until the league year starts. Yeah, it was one for one, but it was one Pro Bowler for another. Yeah. Okay, so Trey Turner's a five-time Pro Bowler. Russell Okun is a Pro Bowler in 2017, but has been a big anchor for the Seahawks, the Broncos, and the Chargers, yeah, what is, uh, Trent Williams <laughs> is a seven-time Pro Bowler. The Redskins are not going to say, sure, take Trent Williams, and we'll take back a fifth-round pick or something like that. And here's the other thing.
1: What where is the <laughs>
0: chances that the Redskins want to give Trent Williams to a divisional foe yeah. within the yeah. NFC East? And okay? really, and,
1: what, and, I, I, and, and to Scott's point— when you go down the roster and you look at a three and thirteen team, where is where is the where is the where is that player that the Redskins are going to want? That equates
0: to a Trent Williams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I, I think that you know when you're talking about a one for one, a Pro Bowler for a Pro Bowler, uh, there isn't really anybody there. It'd have to be one of those younger guys that you had mentioned, uh, you know, Tomlinson or you know someone like that. But um,
0: well, but here's the other thing, in response to the last caller's point, if you want to acquire Trent Williams, okay. Jason Peters is a free agent right now. I don't have to give up anything for Jason Peters. other than the bank. uh, No, other than the bank. But (laughs) the point is, Trent's going to want a new contract anyway. Uh, His agent made that very clear. So here's the other thing. You acquire Trent, you also have to work out a new deal with him. So not only do you have to give up assets, you have to work out a new contract. So then you can avoid giving up assets. You just have to pay Jason Peters. And Peters and Williams have been in the league for about the same amount of time. So it's not like you're getting a significant edge going after one versus the other.
1: I'm going after a younger guy.
0: And it makes sense. Plus, you could have that younger guy in a rookie contract too. So there's a lot of pros to addressing it in the draft, unless of course they are enamored by a guy in free agency. Or
1: I'm actually going for a younger guy in free agency, like, like a, a Conklin. Jack Conklin. Correct, or, he's you know, younger. Yeah. And um, and I, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be sad if the Giants go out and find a center in a free agency. Okay. Maybe, you know, or they shuffle down, shuffle the offensive line around a little bit, you know? If you're going to move Nate Solder, then there's no real reason that you can sit here and say, oh, well, you know, Hernandez played next to Nate Solder. They got to keep him there. Well, if he's going to move, then maybe you move, you know, maybe move. I don't know. I'm just saying there's some moving pieces here. But if you're going to go get that guy, that younger, maybe it's a center. Maybe it's the center. Who knows? You know, I don't know. I mean listen. You can't rule anything out. Remember, let's, when let's, it's a new
0: coaching staff, you can't and, rule and anything out. And let's also
1: look at the position, okay? Spencer Pulley is is he's he's not yeah, he started seventeen games a year before last, but you know, he's not a perennial all pro guy. Um Jalapio, is he gonna come back from his injury? So there is and definitely a second major concern. injury, by the way, and for Exactly, Jalapio. and there is definitely a concern at that position. Um and then you go out to the right tackle, okay? So
0: and Mike Remmers is a free agent.
1: There you go. So I'm I'm just – so I'm telling and you And there's this
0: certainly room to reorganize.
1: I like the word reorganize.
0: And bring in new talent. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you there, Jeff. But
1: I, I'm also like – and and it's <laughs> – we, we got to talk about the defense at some point in time. You know? And I think that getting after the quarterback is got to be a big – it's got to be a big – we have to address that. And – um. You know, is it the two guys? Is it the guys that are going to play a 3-4? Is it going to be is it gonna be bring back Marcus Golden at $12 million a year or whatever he's going to be asking? Or is it to get Lorenzo Carter to play better? Or is it to get, you know, the X-Man who I think is going to come out? He's going to have a great year this year. Um, and so we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, we can talk a lot about it, but the problem is that the Giants don't have all that money to go out and get those, and that's why you got to build it through the draft. I, we, have, we have been reluctant. Maybe you, you've talked about it, but I on the show have not talked enough about the need for a pass rusher. And I just don't know how great the pass rushers are in this draft um, to go up and get one. But if there was a good one, we certainly should go get them.
0: Well, there's a need, I think, for youth and veterans mm-hmm. on that front, Jeff. There's no doubt about it. I don't know if the fourth overall pick warrants one of those guys. You know, that well, to me is the big question, like depending yeah. on, you know, where they have these guys allotted on the board. But I, I think what you were hinting at is if Isaiah Simmons is not there and you're picking it four, then I think you gotta look at your board and you have to say to yourself, who if we draft right now would have the biggest impact on our roster? And if it's defense then go. More so than offense, then I don't think you hesitate because yeah. of the need for an impactful defensive player i don't care where he plays you need an impactful player period but, does,
1: but doesn't this always go back to the fly on the wall theory can we just get the fly on the wall to see what your board says <laughs> you know what well I'm i think in an ideal world i, I think mean, everybody so would love to see what a be board so looks like. so easy yeah. for us to sit up here and say okay you know what would the giants have these guys ranked this way well that's what they're gonna take and i mean i would say 75 percent of the time that's probably the correct way to do this thing um where does that other 25 percent come in Maybe out of, you know, a, a tremendous need at a position to a, for a player just drops in their lap when they didn't have them rated, and they say, my God, this guy is here. He wasn't going to be here. Yeah, then like, you run then, up
0: the card, and you don't ask any questions. There you go. Yeah,
1: And we've seen that happen. Before. Of
0: course, yeah, because you're so wowed by the fact that Everybody let this guy slip. Case in point, Leonard Williams. The year, remember, he fell, right. the he fell right to six. the Jets at six. That's right. And I'm they sure the Jets to, at that point were point. like, oh, my God. We they didn't did. expect him to be here. Yes.
1: And I remember people talking about that. That was, that was the yeah. scenario that we just went over. It was like, oh, my God, this guy just dropped to us. And they ran up and, boom, got him. So, um, But that can happen. That can happen. It can absolutely happen, yeah.
0: yeah. Let's. Uh, you have one other thing? To add? I, I was going to ask you this yeah. question.
1: So um, Paul was kind of bringing this up the other day about the compensatory pick of that third round, the Giants look like they're going to get one. Um, have you heard or know when, that, when those are going to be determined or when they tell them? You know? I don't know
0: the exact timeline. I mean, normally it comes out clearly in advance of the draft. We're talking about yeah. at least a month and a half or so okay. before so the draft. Closer. So I, we are definitely getting closer okay. to that time period. There's no doubt about it. But the important thing to note about compensatory picks, as you well know, Nobody knows the formula. So somebody could throw out and write an article, oh, they think the Giants are going to get a third rounder, and then it turns out to be something less. I've seen that time and time again. So I never really go on the record saying they're definitely going to get something in this ballpark. Not that you were doing that, Jeff, because until somebody can exactly tell me the formula, and nobody does know because the league doesn't publicly make that known, we really don't know. I mean, you could speculate certainly that they're eligible for one, but as far as where it's going to fall, who knows?
1: And the reason I was asking that, because, you know, if, if for some reason, maybe, I, are they are they guaranteed a third round? They're not, right? No, I, so, I
0: wouldn't go as far to say they're guaranteed okay, anything so, in terms of placement. So this is what I was talking that about the other do.
1: day with Paul, is that you're going to have a first and a second. Then you're not going to have a fourth. You're not going to have a In terms of right now, you're so, talking about. With exactly. The yeah. So this affects the way that you're going to maneuver. If you're not going to take yeah. an offensive lineman with those two picks. You know, you go defense on both of them. Well,
0: really, you got to think about you how gotta, long it would take you to get another pickback or something like that
1: to the fourth round. Yeah. Now, are you you know fourth rounders are not first they're not first second rounders, right? So you are those players now when there when there's a position that is overloaded with talent, you may get a little bit of a push down because the, you know that there's it might be a good guy there that's that's in the fourth round that really should have been a third round. Maybe that's what they're thinking, so there's a lot of philosophy that goes into that if they don't get that compensatory pick the third round maybe maybe that third round compensatory pick, which will be after a thirty second pick that maybe that's almost that's almost a fourth rounder if you think about that right yeah. even though it's a late third round pick it's the top of the fourth round,
0: yeah it's if it's closer to the fourth round, which it will then yeah you're you're not talking about getting perhaps a high third rounder here right you have to put things in perspective, but yeah, all of these pieces of info are going to impact the direction of free agency and whether or not the Giants think, hey, we're probably more likely to get a home run in free agency than we are in the draft this year because of where our picks are allotted. Absolutely. Let's head back to the phone lines, 201-939-4513. Bruno is in Atlanta. He joins us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Bruno?
3: Hey, how you doing, uh, Lance? The Feigs, the only community we want to check you into is in Canton, Ohio, my friend.
0: (laughs) Let's go. There's a, there's plenty of senior yeah. citizens in Canton, Ohio, too. I Shut up, add. Lance. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: hey, fine. So if I, so, I'll be there. So much, you, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. So
3: right. much to talk about. but So much to talk about but, uh, the offensive tackles in the draft, but uh, I wanted to start with, with linebackers. Isaiah Simmons, I, I think the guy's a generational-type player. Yeah. You know, linebackers maybe don't command as much money on their second contracts, but, I mean, some of them do. I'm not saying he's going to turn out to be a Derrick Brooks or a Brian Erlocker, but – the guy has production in college, and he's got, he's got measurables, quick, side-to-side, et cetera. Yeah. I think it was great that Joe Judge took all the assistant coaches to, to Indy, just because, I mean, our linebacker coaches, our, our defensive coordinators, they all probably got a chance to, to sit in on the interviews and talk to these different guys. I, I don't know if they did or not. Do, do you guys
0: Well, keep, keep in mind, though, the, the interviews are normally recorded, so anything that's missed in person, a coach can always go back and look at it again. It's not as if they don't have access to that. No, I'm just I'm just yeah. wondering
3: if the assistant coach has got to partake on the interview. I don't
0: know that information in terms of who was in the okay. interview room. Yeah, so I can't confirm anything okay. on that front.
3: Yeah. But yeah, definitely think he's he's worthy of the number four pick. Um as far as the offensive line, you know if if we do take the Simmons, that means maybe taking an offensive lineman in the in the second round. I know I know Paul was fishing with some of the guests that you guys have had, like who's who's a who's a worthy candidate in in the second round. And that got me doing some research because that's what we have to do in the offseason. The last four uh, left titles that we drafted, going back, Luke Pettigrew, the first-round number 19 pick, kind of mediocre, couldn't stay healthy. Dave Deal was a monster for the Giants, you know, produced part of two Super Bowls. Fifth-round pick, Will Beattie in the second round, guy, you know, uh, I, I, I know Charlie loves him. Uh, and then Eric Flowers, first-round pick. You know, horrible. Just just hot garbage. So, I mean, I think we could definitely get a, a tackle in the second round. Um, Especially this year. It, it might take some time to develop. Yeah, we, it, it might take some time to develop. But I think Mark Colombo is also a much better, um, you know, offensive line coach than than the gentleman who left who will remain nameless because I'm not impressed with him. But, I mean, what do you guys think about about – taking the attack on the second or even in free agency. I mean, Cornelius Lucas from the Chicago Bears, you know, there's names out there. If we got to go Jack Conklin, I'm I'm all for that because like you, Jeff, you know, we need to solidify the the line for the investments that we've made in Daniel Jones and Saquon. But the defense has just been so weak, and I could see Isaiah Simmons being a huge difference maker. So, What do you guys think? Isaiah Simmons in the first round, offensive tackle in the second round, a cheap free agent, we bring in the offseason, and Mark Colum will make the difference.
0: All right. Well, we'll we'll let you go on that note, Bruno, and appreciate the phone call. Once again, I don't like getting into conversations about, you know, you got to get this position in the first round, that position in the second round. I, I really don't think that they're that productive, Jeff, because... Once again, we don't know what the board looks like. And you may think, oh, there's this offensive lineman who would be good value in the second round. Maybe the Giants don't think very highly of that player. So that really removes that player from the conversation. I think that... Once again, there is a need for an impactful player on defense. And if the Giants went in that direction at the number four overall pick, I don't think that's a bad direction at all. I think that would make sense. And I think there's going to be players at four that warrant that. I also think there's an offensive lineman that would probably be available at four, which would warrant that selection. And you could argue both of those sides of the ball slash positions are areas of need and would be impactful players that would come in in year
1: one. A hundred percent. And just a little bit further of it is all I'm saying about an offensive lineman versus a middle linebacker or a linebacker player, a generational player, yes, if he is, then you can call him that. That's fine. I can tell you this from my experience being in football as long as I have your number. Now, you, you made a good point with the guys that the Giants have drafted before. Not a lot of great productivity out of those people that you've that you have mentioned other than maybe deal who played 10 years in the league and did well. I mean, Pettigrew was a pretty good offensive lineman, but he had a lot of injuries, and later in his career. My point is this: a guy like the the two guys that are in the draft right now, okay, Beckman and the other guy, Wilfs. These two guys can be your ten-year, twelve-year player. We'll go to your second contract, get them through. Middle linebacker is not going to play for you for to eight to ten years. There's no way. The way that those guys hit and run around, and they're gonna they're gonna get hurt that's the only reason I'm going with the left tackle as far as I, I said about Trent Williams okay and the, and the the your franchise left tackle you're going to get you say for a, for a 10 years you're going to get that guy as long as he doesn't get hurt but I'm going to go there that's the only reason I'm doing that but I am not going to get upset Lance if they go and get Isaiah Simmons because of the reasons that you just said I mean this they there's a, a quantifying need for that position on this team go get him It's just a matter of where they're ranked. And like you said, we can't, we're going to go back and forth through this all the way till April. You know, (laughs) Um, it's just a matter of where you, you rank the players and where they rank the players upstairs.
0: And if you think Isaiah Simmons is going to be a Hall of Fame-worthy type of player, that's more of a reason to take him. I agree with you. The linebacker position, much more injury-prone than the offensive line position. I don't think it's even close. But if you do think that the versatility of the player maybe gives him more longevity because he's going to play corner and he's going to play safety and he's going to play linebacker, maybe that gives you the thinking of, hey— He's gonna pan out a little bit longer than most linebackers in this league.
1: And I'm sure Patrick Graham is upstairs. He's probably saying to all those upper management guys, listen, I can put him anywhere. Oh. I, can, I will put him with his hand in the dirt. I'll put him at the middle linebacker position. I'll put him as a box safety. I'll put him on a I will put him on a tight end any day. I might even put him on one on their 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 maybe their second receiver. You see some of the tape. I was watching some of the tape from him the other day. Not only can this guy cover, he has tremendous technique. I mean, he was batting balls down with his, his arm going behind the player so he doesn't interfere with him and coming over like a regular cornerback would be. Just amazing ability and agility out of that guy. and so fun to watch. I To see him in a New York Giants helmet would be a lot of fun. It really would be because we've been missing that.
0: Well, and I think it speaks volumes also to your point about the fundamentals, the coaching that he received at Clemson, a big-time program with Dabo Sweeney and Brent Venables, their defensive coordinator. You take that into consideration, that also is a a huge reason why he was able to be used in the variety of ways that he was in Mm -hmm. college and why many people expect that to translate to the National Football League. Last point before we move on, the caller brought up Mark Colombo. I always think it's an advantage when you have a coach who actually played that
1: position, hundred percent.
0: Because I think that that person is going to be able to relate to the guys, perhaps a little bit more. However, with that being said, Jeff, you know, Pat Flaherty was here under Tom Coughlin for many years, Could and get
1: flowers to play.
0: That was an issue, but then again, you can argue most people
1: had issues on that front.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say that that was just one individual, but you know, Flaherty was here when they moved a lot of those guys around, like a David deal. Yeah, And it was interchangeable. Kevin Booth is another guy I would throw out. You know, these guys thrived in a variety of different positions. So I don't think it's a must that you have to have a guy that played the position. But I do think that the Giants have gone in a different direction now because they have a guy who is recently connected to the league because it's not as if Colombo played... 10 15 years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that to me I think will help relate to some of these guys both young and old on the current roster. I don't think it's a bad thing.
1: It also makes a big difference that Colombo played for Dallas when Jason Garrett was the offensive coordinator. So he and knows that coach. system. Yes. So there you go.
0: No, that's also I think big because you're going to have continuity between the OC and the offensive line coach. That is also I think something. And and what's that nice
1: about this sequence that we just talked about? You know, those coaches are all, they can all pick up systems. There's no question. They're smart. Uh, they are extremely smart. They understand football. But when you have a coach that actually played in the system and now is going to teach those guys that system, you're just way ahead of the ballgame. And that's why the hire is, is an outstanding hire by Joe Judge to have this guy come in here with Jason Garrett. That's, it, it's incredible to me that he was able to get him in here, and it just makes a whole lot of sense. Let's
0: head back to the phone lines. Don is in Texas. He joins us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Don? Hey, Don. Hey,
4: Lance. Hey, Jeff. How you guys doing? Doing
0: all right, Don. What's on your mind? All right.
4: all right. I got a couple comments, and I got a question, one for each of you gentlemen. So, as you know, I'm all about the defense, guys. I will die all about the defense. More than ever, I just truly believe that this team has so many needs, and it's so bad. And, Lance, you had talked about this on a past episode, where the, the grading and the need is going to match up so equally here that the defense really needs to be addressed if they stay at number four. I've been calling before, drooling over Derek Brown. Now, you've got to get a defensive impact player. That's what I believe. And, Jeff, my question to you is going to be in a little bit in regards to what you've been okay, commenting on. Okay, no about. problem. We need a defensive impact player, and if you stay at four, Derek Brown is there in this order, Brown, Simmons, and Akuda. I don't think Gettleman's going to trade out. I truly don't believe that. I think you really are going to have one of those alpha players right in that spot. It is super important that when you look at a team's defense, any team you play at, you point out a guy who's there, who's on that side. We have nobody. Last year when they traded for Leonard Williams, he became our best defensive player without even playing a game. That's really bad, guys. We really need to get a, 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 a super talent on the defensive end. And... It's, it's, it's paramount that you just can't go in just like that. And I do have a question, and, then, you know, anybody who's like saying Derek Brown, another defensive tackle, please do not forget that Gettleman drafted two tackles back-to-back in the same draft in the same year, one year. So don't, don't forget, just in case Derek Brown is there, I really believe that's the route they got to go. Now I have a question for each of you, Lance. Why do you think that... C.D. Lamb is not in the mix of the conversation, the wide receiver who is absolutely incredible, but who knows what's going to happen with that. And what do you think about Shaq Lawson and Sean Lee? And then I'll have a question for Jeff. Well, why,
0: why don't you get them all out now because we, we want to move through some other callers. So exactly. what, what's your other question? We'll answer them. Yeah.
4: For Jeff, now not as a BBK analyst, but as a former punter, if you were the punter of the Giants going into next year, not, not favoring an offensive lineman now, what side of the ball would you prefer to help that would absolutely help the special teams and the whole team? Would you still think it's a tackle, or would you think it's a defensive player? Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, you got it, Don. Appreciate the phone call.
1: Well, knowing that not many tackles help on special teams, I probably would go with the defensive side. You know, linebackers, corners, uh, those, are your, those are your guys that play you know, most of the special teams. And then on offense, it's usually the running back, and the, um, the receivers, those are your guys. So I would say defense to answer your question. I think that's probably where I would want them to go because when I look, when I used to be back there and my whole punt team, they were all 50s numbers linebackers that could run and tackle. And my outside guys were usually tall defensive backs or receivers with speed, you know, and, and agility to get off the line of scrimmage and then top, top line speed and be able to make tackles. There you go. Hopefully that answered it.
0: (laughs) As far as uh, some of the other questions, well, first of all, there's a great deal of depth at wide receiver in this year's draft class. So when you say, you know, why isn't a guy getting enough respect or being thrown out there? And Ceedee Lamb's name has been out there. there. Yeah, I mean, I don't consider him an underrated guy, but keep in mind what else you're dealing with. You know, Denzel Mims, you know, look at the 40 he ran.
1: Yeah, look at Ruggs. Look at what happened. There. Ruggs. Jeez. another
0: one. <laughs> and look at what he ran. And then Judy. You know, it's a never-ending list of wide receivers. So I don't think Lamb is being disrespected. I just think that there's so much wealth and depth at that position that it really is to each their own. You know, what do you want? You want a tall guy? You want a speed guy? You want a guy with good hands? Well, here's the mother load.
1: I want one of those guys. I want. I'm probably not going to get him, but I want a. I want a receiver. I want a receiver in the draft this year, and I want to, I don't want it to be a sixth or a seventh rounder. I'm looking. This is another deep class, so we might be able to get that fourth round draft pick that may in other drafts, kid might have been up in the third low Or second. maybe even the second round. That's they may what I'm use the pick. And so, who knows? I I just feel because I, when I look at that the and I've said this before, for those who have lived to me but past that that receiver is in my opinion okay. The Giants do not have a number one receiver in my mind the number one receiver for the giants is not a receiver you know where he is he's a tight end okay evan ingram is your number one guy okay the rest of them fall into that number two number three i need to get another number i need a number one receiver i want a tall guy as paul always wants the big one i don't know what he calls him whatever the name he gives them but i'd like to get it. these are some tall guys drafting and sterling Shepard concussions worries me um Tate, older player, good production, but you know, he's older guys. I know I've I've seen it. I've done it. As you get older, things kind of decrease a little bit. You got a young talent with Slayton, and then you got some other guys, but there isn't a true number one in that group. I'd like to see him in the draft.
0: As far as the two free agents, Sean Lee, I still think is an impactful player, but I don't think if you bring him in, you can rely on him to be an every down player and a high-snap guy. I think he's more of a good leadership guy, great locker room presence, and that jack-of-all-trades linebacker that if somebody gets hurt, you can move him around because he's played on the outside and the yep. inside, which he proved to be with Leighton Van Der Esch getting hurt for the Cowboys this season. So, you know, Lee has value in a variety of different ways. I just don't think at this point in his career you uh, could say to yourself, he's an every-down linebacker and we're going to get 16 games out of him. we are not going to get 16 and we're gonna games out of him. Hundreds of snaps. You have to be realistic. Shaq Lawson, the Bills decided not to pick up his option. Lawson, his sack numbers have been around four to five a season. He has not been a high-volume pressure guy. I think that maybe most people expected. It depends on what the market calls for a player like that. More durable than a Sean Lee, But I don't think he's a guy that's going to come in and wow you with eight or nine sacks. I think you got to be realistic there. So it really depends on what you want to utilize him and uh, how you fit him into your defensive system.
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: Let's head back to the phone lines as we move along here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. And let's check in with Ray in Atlanta. Ray, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you got for us?
5: Hey, how you guys doing? Good, all right, Ray? What's on your mind? Hi, it's Greg. Correct.
0: Okay. Yeah,
5: but, I, but uh, I'm just calling, man. You know, I'm a long time fan. And I just was thinking, and I wanted to call yesterday, but I couldn't get through. So I just wanted to make this statement. Okay. With, uh, with the present situation of our state of our team, and Gettleman saying it was a three year plan, and me looking at the positions that we do have talent at, all I would like to say is this to me. This is a real telltale year for Gettleman because when you got key players in key positions, such as Daniel Jones, we got our quarterback. We got our running back. Potentially, we have our tight end. So when you got a lot of free agent money, and, you know, it's not a astronomical amount, but it's a lot, and you got the fourth pick in the draft, I feel like coming out of this year, one side of the in the past recent years, you could put the blame on either side of the ball the way we were playing. But after this year, with the moves we make this year, one side of the ball should be complete. I don't know what side, but you got to fix the line this year. You got to fix the defense this year. One of them got to be done by the time this year is over. Because if we go in at the end of this year and still we talking about we need a line or we still need a defense or we need both, somehow doing something right
0: to me. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it depends on the young nucleus on the defensive side of the ball taking a significant step forward because, you know, they've drafted yeah. a lot of defensive players, now you want them to show what they could do. And, you know, here's the other thing about the offensive line that the callers referring to Jeff. It's one thing to say that, you know, the offensive line may have not been as consistent and did not produce at the level that maybe most people had hoped game in and game out, versus it wasn't addressed. The offensive line was addressed. Okay, Zeitler was acquired. Hernandez has been drafted. Nate Solder was signed. There's a distinct difference between that versus, okay, those guys didn't necessarily meet my expectations as a fan. Yeah. And I think what gets misinterpreted is, most people, when they talk about the Giants' offensive line, oh, it's just been ignored for the last five or six years. Hasn't been ignored. It's just sometimes guys don't necessarily put up the level of productivity that perhaps was warranted based on the contract or what people yeah. expected. And Nate there
1: was one of those yep. guys. Last year, he didn't yep. have a good year. So. Yep. And all I'm really saying is by the
5: time we finish with this year, we should be going into next year yeah. looking much better, saying we did something to solidify something that's been a problem.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'll, and I'll tell you this. If you look at this the way you're looking at it, I look at the defense and, and, and Lance just he touched on it. You've got young players at that defensive line position, okay? You've got outside linebackers in Zimenez and, and Carter. Okay, and you've got that secondary that's extremely young. So this is the year the defense needs to step up. And that's why I've been saying yeah. at the beginning of this show, you can fill some of those middle-tier free agents to get some depth in there. They may not be full-time starters, but they're good players, right? Because if one of those guys yeah. goes down, you don't want to be sitting there with nothing left behind it to play when you might be having a good season. That's why I want those guys to flip to the other side of offense that the offensive line is, 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 is kind of a, a work in motion, right? There's constantly, but look at the quarterback position. Look at the receiver position. Look at the running back position. Pretty good there, but you got to work a little bit of offense. So to answer your question, coming out of 2020 season, which side of the ball is going to take a bigger step? I'm going to tell you it's going to be the defense.
0: The only thing to note, though, with respect to the defense, and Greg, thanks so much for tuning in. Appreciate the phone call. And this is not an overwhelming concern, Jeff, but you at least have to have this within the conversation. You're expecting a lot of these young guys to make a jump. They however, have to. However, last year's class is now going to be learning its third defense in the span of three years because yeah. I'm considering the final year of college. Oh, yeah. That's a lot to also throw on a young guy. Then the guys you drafted the previous year in 2018, you know, they're going to be learning maybe their – second defense in three years, then third turn. defense in four years. Yeah. It's not a built-in excuse. It's just the reality, reality. of football. Yeah. Yeah. That's also a lot to be throwing on a young player. I mean, even Eli Manning would tell you when they changed offenses, Jeff, he had an adjustment period, right?
1: No and he would. was already
0: an established veteran, but it was yeah. time-consuming for him to now learn and become acclimated with a new language and a new scheme.
1: And listen, you know, there's things that I've heard about James Betcher's defense that I didn't like. And one of them was the fact that it was, you know, it was not, it was not a chameleon defense. It was basically you're going to run this, you're going to learn how to play it, and you better play it. I don't think Patrick Graham is going to be that type of coach. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to say, listen. I know what your strengths are. I know what your weaknesses are, and I'm going to coach you to the strengths, and we're going to get better at your weaknesses. I'm not going to put you at a number two slot corner on my number one receiver as a matchup problem. We're going to get burned every single time. So I'm going to use your advantage, the things you do well, to our advantage. And, and Joe Judge said it. Every week we are going to be different. We're going to be multiple on defense. We're going to change our personnel to, to attack your weaknesses and make you susceptible to what we want to do and that's why i think that some of these younger players might do well you make a great point no matter the 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 learning curve at the national football league is very difficult i mean they no longer have playbooks anymore because everything is digital but if you saw the size of these playbooks you would be like okay now i know why these guys meet so much i mean they're (laughs) if you're not if you're not on tv they are they're they're six inches thick with the if you ever seen those huge binders with the big huge rings. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what these things are like. Then and, and the players hated them because they weighed like fifteen pounds. <laughs> and putting those things in your bag. It's backpack. like being back in school. It is, it's exactly right. So um but I think both points, you and I both make good points there. At least I'm patting myself hey, on the back for go. making a good point. We are the think, art of doing that. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I think it makes sense. All in all, that these guys, number one, are going to have to be asked to play and step up and play better than they did last year.
0: Let's head back to the phone lines. Len is in Columbia. Hey, Maryland. Len, what's happening, Len? Hey, guys, how you doing?
3: Good hey. Right? hey, listen, I got, I got an idea. It's probably not going to work out this way, but I got an idea for that seventeenth game, if there is a seventeenth game. Yeah. Let's let's play a seventh division game.
1: Well, how would you do that? Like, who gets the?
0: Yeah, I
3: don't well, like that idea year, at all. Every
2: year we'd move our our uh, seventeenth
1: so, so game Robin? would
3: be somebody would be somebody within our division.
0: I don't think that the NFL would adopt something like that. I think the whole point of this divisional rivalry and divisional structure is it's even. You got six games, you play everybody twice. It's fair across the board. I think if they're going to go to the seventeenth game, to me, you just take another conference division and you play three of the four opponents once. That I think is the right move to do. Well, with that note, Len we did lost not like li- your. Len philosophy. didn't like my counter. I've never so heard Len. He said, I've "Never heard." You know him what? I had enough. I, 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 That's I don't.
1: It. I don't think I've ever heard Len hang up before.
0: No, I have not heard him.
1: Congratulations, way <laughs> to go, Len. Yeah, we got him to hang up you on this program.
0: <laughs> I will pat myself on the back. It's little things. Thank you.
1: We're all about patting ourselves on yes. the back today.
0: Well, it's once again, it's a talent, and you and I have perfected that talent.
1: It's almost St. Patty's Day. Get it? See. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Stupid. That, well, you. we are in the month of March. That's, yeah, that's you're not right. that We're far. About two weeks removed. Yeah, I'll give you bonus points okay. for that. that's cool. The <laughs> point about the 17th game, before we wrap up shop here, is, and this was my concern, so it, it's a fair point brought up by Len. I didn't like the idea of a 17th game because I like the structure of a 16-game schedule. It's well, yeah. even mm-hmm. the way they structure it. You play a division within your conference. You play a division outside of your conference instead of having the two games right now that you play where a team finished at the same spot you finished okay those are the random the game? yeah. two games that you play okay. so for example if the giants finish in third and you play the nfc north you're going to play the okay. west and the south the third place team okay. okay that's how they have it right now what i suggest is remove those two games and instead of having those two games against teams that finished at the same spot just go play another division in the conference. Because if you're the Giants, okay, you play everybody in the East twice. Let's say it's time to play the North. That's Pick the West or the South mm-hmm. and play three of the four teams in okay. one of those divisions. But have everyone play three of those four teams. So you're not rotating it. You're going to say everybody in the East plays... The Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints, and that's it. And you just miss out on the Bucs. You don't play the Bucs this year. And then when you get around to it four years later, then you put the Bucks into the mix. The that's Saints how try. I would do it. Okay. Yeah, correct. That to me, logistically makes the most sense.
1: Well, there you have it. That's how I would like
0: to see the NFL adopt. Now I've tried, I don't know if you've heard anything, Jeff, because you and I haven't discussed this off the air. I haven't heard from anybody, and I've posed this question. Who's we're, who's talking about how the league would structure the schedule nobody, if you go to a 17th nobody. game, right? Nobody. Haven't well, heard anybody discuss that. But
1: here's the thing. There's got to be an answer. Or they wouldn't would be hope. talking about
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> you, would, you would hope, Jeff. Yeah, but, you would hope. But Maybe but we're you never them too much credit. Yeah. So seriously.
1: I mean, I, I don't, unless they're going to think that we're just going to come up with it. But you know what it's all about. It's the money. It's that 17th. That's why the owners. They you might have read it. there's you know what I've read. One hundred and fifty million dollars that that seventeenth week could uh, bring into the league. Of course. I mean that's a lot of moolah. Yeah. Right. But the players getting forty eight percent of that. So. Well,
0: the TV contracts, in addition to now stadium, mm-hmm. you're gonna have home games. Oh yeah, games, the concessions. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you combine all those factors. I'm not yeah. surprised yeah. that the finances are gonna be through the roof. No doubt yeah. about it. And, the, and big it part of the. Appeal. And it
1: doesn't matter if they're seventeen, 26, or thirteen. They all share the gate receipts. So right. I mean. So it's all split up equally. Um, so the yep. 17th game, the stadium revenue is going to be divided up within the 32 teams anyway. So it doesn't matter if there's a team that's on the road on the 17th week or at home, it doesn't matter, right? Because not everybody's going to get a, you know, you're gonna, someone's going to get nine home games. That's just the way it's going to work Depending on
0: exactly how the schedule plays out. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that the league is going to have to address, making it for a very busy and interesting offseason. Well, that is going to do it for us. Wrapping up Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. It is presented by Corus Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Appreciate all the phone calls. We'll try to answer some tweets off the air. For Jeff Eagles. I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Enjoy the weekend. And always stay locked to Giants.com. Have a good one.